There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Helen, and this is a Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week Sarah and I come together to share with you some insights and ideas to help you with your squiggly career, to support you in the successes and navigate through the knotty moments and this week is national careers week in the uk and it has inspired us to have four very different squiggly career conversations to give you a window into someone else's world of work and inspire you about the different directions that your squiggly career can take you in Our conversations this week include Sarah's discussion with Eric Sim, whose career story is full of resilience and bravery and possibilities and pivots. BBC journalist Simon Mundy, who talked to me about progression and how to create and not wait for career opportunities. Sarah's conversation with Steph Douglas, who's the founder of Don't Buy Her Flowers. We're connected and followed Steph on Instagram for ages. And she talks to Sarah about the realities of running your own business. So some great insights into entrepreneurship there. And today's conversation, which is myself talking to Jim McLeod, a Royal Navy Rear Admiral, who shares some fascinating insights on how to squiggle and stay in an organization. And I talked to him about his 33 year long career in the Navy and all the different and diverse things that he's done and what he has learned about how to develop in different directions in one organization. So I hope you take a lot out of this conversation. Please do let us know how you found this series, whether you want us to do more squiggly career conversations. You can always email us. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. Jim, welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. Thank you. I feel like from a dinner at the end of last year, I finally got you into a conversation talking about your career. Yes, yeah, it's taken a while. We've been we've been busy. We have been busy, and it might be the last time that you say yes at a dinner again when someone randomly, <laughs> maybe slightly tipsily, asks you to come on the podcast. <laughs> Not at all. I'm delighted to be here, Helen. Thank you. So the reason that I was so, when we met, I was like, wow, what an amazing career, is because you are a rear admiral in the Royal Navy, which is, I don't think I've ever spoken to a rear admiral before, so it's a very distinct and impressive career. And when I dived in a bit deeper into what got you there, I became even more fascinated. So it's a 33 year-long career in the Royal Navy that has taken you from, at the start, transitioning from engineering to working in defence policy, from working on strategy in the Middle East to strategic HR for the whole of the Navy, and then driving improvements in gender diversity to managing the defence relationship with the royal family. I mean, it is a 
diverse and different and distinct career that has all happened in one place in, in the Royal Navy. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I'm at the end of my 33-year career now. And, and and if I look back at the 15, 16-year-old boy who was walking down Wellington Street in Leeds going into the Royal Navy Careers Office, and I said to him, this is what you're going to do for the next 33 years, uh, I wouldn't believe myself. And, and looking back at, you know, what have been some fabulous opportunities and experiences that I've enjoyed within that career. And, and, and I was doing a little bit of you know, looking at some of your work, Helen, after we met at that dinner and, and very much enjoyed your sort of descriptions of a squiggly career. And, and absolutely, looking back, I think that's a really nice description for kind of how my career has panned out. And, and, and you covered the sort of the range of jobs I've done. And in terms of that range, in the job that you do now, because I don't think it is one that will feel familiar to the vast majority of people listening to this podcast, me included, what is an average day in the life of a rear admiral in the Royal Navy? Well, I think, I mean, the easy answer is there is no average day and it depends which rear admiral you talk to. But but for, for me, in this final job that I've been in, I have been in strategic HR for the military, for all the, the Navy, the Air Force and the Army. So I've been responsible for HR policy for around 180,000 service women, servicemen, reserves and regulars looking at all elements from recruitment, retention, education, resettlement skills, and how are we looking at the workforce for the future, the technical term of strategic workforce planning, but really looking at have we got the right skills coming through into the organisation to continue to deliver in what I believe is a first-class military and, and, and continue to protect the nation's interests. So that's kind of what my overall job is that there is no average day and that's what makes it sort of fascinating and, and fun. And I think one of the reasons that I was so excited was when, when we spoke is one of the things that Sarah and I are passionate about is helping people to squiggle and stay in an organisation. I think one of the myths that sometimes people have when they think about squiggly careers is that squiggly careers means moving from organisation to organisation and not sticking with one thing. And for, for some people, squiggly might mean that. It's very extreme. It might mean a career full of constant change that you are creating for yourself by moving around different organisations. And it's not that that is bad, but we don't think that that's the majority of what people's experience of a squiggly career will be. And that actually, when we think about squiggly careers as how can I squiggle within the organisation that I'm in, you can often create a lot more opportunity because you've got those relationships and you've got that knowledge and you can stretch some of those skills that you've got in the different directions in quite a safe way. And so I wanted to get a bit of insight from your experience on what has helped you to squiggle and stay within the Royal Navy. I think a number of things. One is it's a relatively large organisation, so there are lots of opportunities. I think we are an organisation that values our people and therefore we invest in our people and we see it's important to give people opportunities to broaden because they'll continue learning and developing themselves and bringing those skills back. And And as a leader, I, I think that's really important within, within my own area. I, I I was responsible as director for Strategic HR and I had a, a relatively large team and I always encourage people to promote out or move out into other areas of defence because they would broaden, they would learn more and then if they'd enjoyed working with me and the team they were in, they would come back with that experience. So from a, an organisational perspective, squiggly careers are a really good investment in your staff. It helps them develop and bring those skills to bear. 
uh, from an individual perspective, I found that what squiggly careers have allowed me to do is to expand my skills and, and the things that I enjoy doing, continue to do them in different environments and continue to stay challenged. And, and I always reflect on the, the story of, of challenge and, and the video games analogy. And, and, and we've all played these little video games on our phones and these apps. And if it's too easy, you stop doing it, you get bored. If it's too hard, you know, you, you stop doing it. But if it's just challenging, just enough, you keep doing it forever and ever and ever. And I think, you know, to if you can get a career that's, that's continually challenging you, you move on, there's a step, you learn and you think, oh, my God, I didn't think I'd ever be able to do that. Look, I'm now doing it really well. I, I think that's so rewarding and so motivating. And, and organisations that can tap into that motivation of individuals, I think will continue to develop the best people to work with them. And in terms of the opportunities that you've had, how many of those opportunities have presented themselves to you so someone's gone oh here's a great move for you in in this new area and how many of you proactively gone out and explored and 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 found for yourself so i've always had this view that if you chase a particular job you're likely to end up disappointed because if you're chasing a particular point in time you'll have a view of what that point in time is going to be like and it might quite not be what you want or you might not do it i've always had this view that I know what I enjoy doing and therefore I try to find roles and jobs that are going to allow me to do things I enjoy. For me, I enjoy working with people. Early on in my career, I enjoyed working with technology and engineering and I enjoyed making a difference and challenging. And so what I did whenever I was talking to my career managers or looking at roles in the future, I I looked at the types of things which would challenge me, the types of things that would play to my strengths and then made it clear that those were the sorts of things I wanted to do. And the Navy and the military has been very good and given me lots of different opportunities. But, but I very much, I think, made my own look in, in explaining to people the things that I enjoy doing are, you know, as I discussed with you. The other thing that I found really important was having those conversations with, with my mentors. And I can't stress enough the importance of, of chatting with people who've been through the system and, and, and mentorship because they really helped me to understand you know what I could do in the future there's no way you would have seen a 28 year old lieutenant mcleod who just left a warship and say to him you know you'll be responsible for middle east defense policy during the arab spring there's no way i would ever have believed that i would have thought you know i couldn't do that no way can i do that but what people did and that, that i worked for they continually stretched me and, and said, you know, have you thought about the following? Here are some opportunities. We think you, you'd be good at this. So I sort of went along and, you know, moved into new jobs with that complete trepidation of, oh, my God, I'm going to get found out. I don't know what's happening. You know, I've just left this really comfortable space where everybody trusts me and I've just moved into something new. Oh, my God, I'm going to get found out. And, and, and what I learned in my career was just about everybody feels like that and actually everybody just pretends they don't uh which reminds me of my free rules i've got to tell you about my free rules in a minute <laughs> and and what i learned as i went through my career was actually this is normal to feel like this and i even to the point now when people join and work for me i, I say to them look if you if after three months you still don't really feel don't worry about it if after six months you still feel like that maybe we've got a problem and, and you know we might need to look at it but but feeling like you're out of your depth at the start is par for course and you will very quickly 
get your feet, move forward, and then you'll look back and you'll think, oh my God, look what I've done. Look what I've achieved. And, and I mentioned my three rules because I, I think these are really important. And I learned these as an engineer. And my three rules are, if something's broken, what was the last thing you did to it? Because that's probably <laughs> what broke it. And that applies to not just engineering, but any social systems and things like that. My second rule is if I can't explain something to somebody in three minutes so they understand it, I don't understand it well enough. And that includes explaining why we need to do things, why things are happening. Uh, and, and that rule's worked really well for me. And my third rule, and probably the most important, is nobody really knows what's going on all the time. So just sound confident and crack on. <laughs> and, and it works wonders. So, you know, I, I learned those as an engineer and they've worked wonders for me throughout my career. It's a bit like a, a a career masterclass in our squiggly skills. So we have these the five skills that we think are most helpful for most people to succeed in a squiggly career, like whatever success means to people. And um, the first two are values and strengths. So when you said, you know, when you're talking about you know, moving around in your career and you said, you know, I had a clarity on what I enjoyed and what I was good at. That's values and strengths. The next one is all around confidence. So I'd love to come back to that a little bit, kind of the fact that you you recognise you had imposter syndrome or what we call a confidence gremlin and you found a way to cage it so it didn't hold you back. And I'd love to come back to that because I think it prevents people from doing some squiggly moves. Then you talked about the mentors and, and our sort of fourth squiggly skill is around network, making sure you have the community that you need around your career. And then we talk about future and future possibilities and being open to the directions that you could develop in. And I feel like your career is such a great description of how all those things have come to bear to take you to where you are now and give you all of that diverse experience along way maybe i could write a book on it and i think someone's already closed <laughs> the market on me jim's view on the squiggly career <laughs> i like it you can do it you can definitely do that it could be a compendium to the squiggly career <laughs> um let's talk about confidence because imposter syndrome you mentioned it that it you know it came up with almost every move and i think for a lot of people it would prevent them taking the action because they would say this is too challenging or I can't do this because I've not done it before and it sounds like you've acknowledged that you had that fear but you were able to move through it and also help other people with it. Is there anything practically other than just fight the fear and do it anyway is there anything that's practically helped you to move forward when you might have that imposter syndrome in your career? Yeah I think there is I think that there are you know, I still, I still get it. I, I manage it much, much better now. But what I do is I think about times in my career when I've been successful, particularly times when I've been acknowledged as successful by other people, and and at times when I was surprised or pleased by that. And I, I recall, I think, oh, I can remember that. I can even remember the feeling, how it felt when somebody recognised I'd done well. And I refer back to that in my head. I think you've been here before, you've done this, and it went well. So I kind of have those moments in my career, clearly people at the start of their career, you know, whenever you look back in life, there are things when you think, oh my God, I did that. And and, and just focusing back on, oh my God, I did that. You can tell by the emotion in my voice, you know, it's an emotional response, it's not an analytical response. So that's really important to me. The other thing that I found is, and I, and I do this in meetings, you know, I walk out of a meeting and I overanalyze myself and I think, oh my God, I said something really stupid there. And rather than ruminating it and going over and over in my head, I, I think, well, I probably said 10 things and I probably said 
six things that were average and I probably said a few things that people went well that's really good and I probably said one or two things that people thought you know perhaps wasn't quite right but on balance I'll have walked out of there saying more good than not so I will have added value and other people will have discounted the things I said that I thought were were bad so so I kind of back myself in that I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't generally make the right decisions so I have the confidence that I'll probably do the right thing the other thing that I think is really important is we rarely ever make a decision that's 180 degrees wrong. And the worst thing we can do is not make decisions. So I think you know, making a decision, but then being prepared to go, you know what, I didn't get that quite right. And, and, and having that ability, that humility, particularly the leader, but having that humility to go, oh, I could have done that a bit better. But we're still moving the right way. I'll correct what we're doing and, and move forward. So I think my free tools are, remember I've been here before and, and I succeeded. I remember that I wouldn't be here if I didn't generally make the right decisions. So, you know, it'll be fine. And, and then on the third piece, I, I just trust in, in myself and I'm prepared to say that wasn't quite right. And therefore people judge me as, as being Jim and, and human and fallible. And therefore I haven't set up a false pretense that I'm going to be right all the time they feel much more empowered and, and as an organization or as a team we can move forward so i think those are probably my three tips for how i dealt with that confidence gremlin we often talk about um vision boards you know when you're thinking about where you want to go in the future but you can't quite you know get specific about it create a vision board and it will kind of give you that sense of direction but i in our new book you coach you we have a chapter on self-belief and in there there's an exercise around creating a pride postcard so basically like writing to yourself about something that you have done well and bringing in all of that richness because you know when you said oh you can hear it in my voice and remembering who you're working with and what you were doing and how it felt like to sort of ground yourself in that moment rather than let your gremlin stop you from moving forward I think it's really a powerful exercise to do I think so and I think also I had some very good advice from somebody two decades ago now that you know when that little gremlin and I always have an image of it on my shoulder going, Jim, you're an idiot, Jim, you're an idiot, you can't, can't do that. And, and, and what this, this individual told me really wisely was to, in my head, take the time to say, thank you, you know, Mr. Gremlin, I acknowledge your point, but I'm quite happy with where I'm going, but to consciously think that through. Mm. And, and so that I've sort of acknowledged it, but moved on. And I don't, don't kind of ignore it, because mm. I think if you ignore it, it's always there. I'd much rather sort of and and I almost sort of turn my head and, and say, you know, thanks very much for pointing this out. And I acknowledge your point, but, you know, I'm quite comfortable. Thank you. And and I don't know, maybe that's just me, but uh, I find that It isn't that just works. you. Susan Kane has written a brilliant book on emotional agility, and she talks about using your doubts as data. And you can't do that unless you acknowledge them. Like, what is this voice and what's it saying? Or where's it coming from? And you kind of have to learn to listen to it. Not learn to let it lead you, but learn to listen to it. And I think it is a skill, but... I think some people you get, you know, you get a bit in denial about it or defensive or you try to just ignore it. But then it's always it's still sat there and not doing with it. So, no, definitely, definitely not just you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One of the other things that I see holding people's squiggly career opportunities back when they're in an organisation, so it kind of limits their opportunities to squiggle and stay, is when they default to thinking that progression must be promotion. So I've got this filter in my mind that the only good way to progress is to get promoted. I can't see a promotion in this organisation, therefore I have to leave. What has your experience been in terms of your progression? Has every move been upwards or have they been in different different directions? Because quite quite hierarchical, I imagine, the Navy. Yeah, I mean, the the, the military is, is very hierarchical for good reasons. No, I, I'd love to say I got promoted out of every rank at the earliest <laughs> opportunity and I've never spent more than one job in every rank, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's not the case. And would you, would, would you love to say that? Or actually, do you think no, your career no. wouldn't have been I, as rich? I tell people, I, you know, I, I, I tell people who are off, to command warships, you do that in your sort of thirties or command. You know, people in the army commanding their regiments or their squadrons and and, and wings in the air force, and, and and I tell them to enjoy it. You know, don't rush through this part of your career where you're working really closely with the service women and the service men who are out there because our people are absolutely amazing. And whenever I, I'm in senior leadership now, and I spend a lot of time in the Minister of Defence, and but but I make sure that I get out and meet our people because they are awesome and they do the most incredible things and often in difficult conditions. You can always catch up later on, but you will never be able to replace that experience. And I think that plays to your point on squiggler careers. I, I think we we attach too much to promotion. For some people, yeah, that's, that's probably how they are. For, for me, I attach my value system to... You know, am I doing a good job? How do I know I'm doing a good job? Because people are telling me, you know, it's my kryptonite, but also, you know, one of my strengths. So I, I care about what people think. And to move from one job to another that's not promotion offers opportunities to do something different, to do something new, to learn skills that you might need later on. And I think that's, for squiggly careers, I think that's really important. You know, getting that breadth of skills across a range of different areas. For me, I jumped from engineering, engineering technical support, across into some high-consequence, low-frequency safety stuff, you know, pretty core engineering. I then found myself working in defence policy, looking at 
what capability do we need for the future, doing scenario modeling, and then moved across from there, ended up working with the army in Iraq with the Americans in Baghdad, from there back to sea, and then out into the sort of a Middle East policy job. All of which relied on the core skills of that, that I brought to the party, which was I like to understand why we're doing things, what's the problem we're trying to fix. So all of those re- were building on my core skill set, but they were using them in different ways. So you can't get much further apart than Middle East politics and high consequence safety cases. I mean, they're like apples and, and seesaws. But the skill sets I used was that questioning of what's the problem we're trying to fix? You know, what are the views of everybody around there? What's stopping us from getting there? But but one of the things that I really learned was everyone will tell you why things can't happen. But if you flip that and say, okay, tell me what I need to do to make it happen. And you shift an organization thinking and culture. So the skills that I learned as an engineer are my three rules. You know, what broke it? Why is it not working? Can you explain it to me? And, you know, sound confident. And, and, and my sort of skills that I'd learned in my early part of my career applied just as well in all those different jobs. And what they did was gave me a huge amounts of breadth that I could then use later on. So now I'm sort of director level, rear admiral. I use those skills that I picked up by working with you know, Middle Eastern countries and some of the amazing things they taught me working with the health and safety executive, working with people on ships from all these different jobs, but they all reinforced the core skill set that is Jim McLeod mm. and, and made me who I am. So I, if I'd have stayed in engineering, bounced through the system, I don't know if I would have even got to be a rear admiral. I might have sealed out somewhere because I just couldn't apply my skills to the breadth of challenges that you get at more senior positions. I've probably gone off complete piece there. No, but, no, but... not at all. I think for us, it's all about that transferability of your talents rather than thinking how you transfer one, one title to another because that gets much more limited. It does make me think, though, that I think one of the things that gets in the way of making some of those braver, more different moves, other than confidence, which you touched on, is um, maybe a bit of ego. Like, oh, but is a sideways move a successful move? And also maybe a little bit of fear, like comparison. But my peers seem to be getting promoted or moving faster forward in their career than I am. So how have you unhooked yourself from the ego getting in your way or that kind of fear of missing out or being slower, that kind of career comparison holding you back? I think that's a really fair question, Han, because it's very easy and I could critique myself to say you would say that, wouldn't you, Jim, because you've got to be a rear admiral. And, and I think we do tend to view ourselves on, you know, how we're doing relative to our peers and that promotion. I think that's false. And I think we overplay that because when I look back, I don't look at the points in time when I was promoted. I look at the roles that I did and the impact that I had. So I don't review my career through a lens of promotion and, and advancement. I, I review, I, I view it through Actually, I I feel like I did a really good job there. I feel like I made a real impact, that things are better because I did that job, regardless of what the rank was. But you're right, I think it is hard. And and I say this to people in the military, there's not a rush to the top. People will, will get to the point that they're going to get to. I've met people who've been promoted a bit later, but they are better for it. Mm. 
progression pressure, I think, means that people start to compete and make decisions that aren't necessarily the right decisions for them. Whereas when you take the time to get the insight that you've talked about, like, you know, your three rules, imagine if everybody had their three rules. If Imagine if everybody had like that clarity that you talked about, about this is what I do well, let's think about how I can apply it. And then explored and got curious about their career about where it could take them to and that might not mean there's an opportunity today but when that opportunity is there it's much more likely to be a role that you're going to enjoy and have an impact in and that's what then creates the next one so I think it's it's a really important thing it's just not it's not always instant but it's better because of it no I think you're right and I think one of the things I forgot I I missed saying is do jobs that you think you're going to enjoy because if you enjoy you'll do well in it and if you do well in it you'll enjoy it but you'll also get noticed and you will move through the system. I, I counsel people all the time and come and tell me that I want to do that job. You don't, you, you, because it, it, and we started with that, it might not be the right thing for you. What is it you're good at? What is it you enjoy? Back it. Go and do more of that. You'll do well, and if you do well, you'll progress because opportunities will open for you that you hadn't seen before. Whereas if you're tied to this linear your brain won't see these opportunities. People won't see you for the breadth that you bring. So you self-limit if you do that. We talk about how your strengths can become self-fulfilling in a squiggly career. Like if you work out what gives you energy and what you want to be known for, show up with that as much as possible and people will match you to more things that need that thing that you want yeah. to be known for and you get into this very positive squiggly cycle in your career. I couldn't agree more. And, and it's, it's that understand where your strengths are and, and your areas where you're not as strong. Make sure your areas where you're not as strong aren't going to hold you back, but then don't invest too much time in them because you're not strong in them. You probably don't enjoy them. You're going to hate investing time in them. Just make sure they don't hold you back. Put all that energy into things that you really like because you'll you'll massively increase your potential. And as you said, people will recognise that and, and people will then match you and, and, and open you know opportunities for you that you never even thought and you know, there's no way, I mean, the Middle East job I keep referring to, I'd worked for another individual in a job before and he'd seen what I brought and thought, actually, you know, Jen might be quite good in this job. It's not where we would normally put someone with his skill set, but I've seen how he operates. So he brought me in and it was great. And, and But that was about things that I'd done five years before had an impact in the future. And I think that's one of the things I've learned in my career is things I did 10, 15 years ago, the way I was 10, 15 years ago still ripples through today. And and things that I did, relationships I built, you know, reputations that, that I've built still sort of ripple on. And I, and I love that phrase, you know, you are the story people tell about you. And that's really important to me. I, 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 I know who I want to be. I know I'm probably not that person. <laughs> Um, but I do want the stories that people tell about me for me to look at them and think, actually, I'd be quite pleased. I'd be quite happy for my children to hear those stories. You know, <laughs> Daddy did all right. Um, so, so I, uh, you know, my career, my squiggly career has been, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a squiggly career. It's not been a series of lines that are linear. It's not been a series of steps that are, are not related. It, it's been a, a journey through these amazing experiences working in what I think is the best military in the world with some of the best people that that you could hope to work with and, and doing things that matter. So as a final piece of advice to someone that's listening now, I'm imagining someone might be listening and going, wow, what a fascinating career and done some amazing things and that's really inspirational. But 
I work in an organisation, I want to move around and I want to develop in different directions, but it seems a bit siloed. I'm not sure where do I get started? Do I, is it, do I go build some relationships? Do I go reflect on my strengths? What would you say to that person who's listening now, inspired by your story, but thinking, where do I get started in my organisation? I can only reflect on my experience. And the couple of things that would would jump to mind were we talked about it, back your strengths and trust yourself. And, you know, one, one of the things I, I say to, to people that, that work for me is when you're in meetings or when you're doing things, imagine you're one or two ranks higher and what would you then do and do it? You know, I'm not going to give you the pay for that rank. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But, but, but do it. You're unlikely, you're unlikely to do anything badly wrong. And you might do something that's really clever that no one thought about. So some of that is about backing yourself. You don't self-limit. And I can't stress the importance enough of of mentoring and, and, and spending some time just to find people in, in the organisation who think like you and who you can talk to. Because they may have opportunities that you're completely unaware of. And when they get to know you and they go, oh, yeah, I was chatting with Jim. He's got some wacky ideas about that. Maybe I'll stick him in front of the X see what he's got to say. And all of a sudden, the door opens that you never thought was going to open. And somebody says, we've got this really you know, project that we need to run. You know, Jim, can you ever go at it? I think those would be the two things, you know, back yourself and, and spend some time talking to people. I'm a big fan of alliteration because I think it sticks. So I'm, I'm my three S's from that are uh, make sure your strengths stand out, don't self-limit, and then get the support that you need. That is that is my what I'm going to take away from those bits of advice. So thank you very much for that. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I was thinking, what is the story that I will tell about Jim McLeod to that to that last that the last question that you answered? What will I tell to people from my conversation with you? And I will say someone who is wise, humble, supportive and inspiring. So I don't know if they're the stories that you want to hear about yourself, but they're the ones that I will be sharing on your behalf. Oh, that's really kind. I'm really touched by that. Thank you very much, Helen. Well, thank you very much. And good luck with all all that's going to happen next and now in your squiggly career as well. Yes, I've got a big squiggle coming up as I look to um, where do I go next after my career in the military. Big question. Brilliant question. Can't wait to see. Thank you very <laughs> much for your time. Thanks, Helen. Speak to you soon. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you are inspired to explore how you could develop in different directions, have a look at the Government's Skills for Life website, where there are loads of free courses and learning. The link to get there is just gov.uk forward slash skills for life, and we'll put it in the show notes as well. There's so much there, whether you want to learn more about the basics of coding or about green skills or tech, there's so much there. They're all run by experts in each area, and lots of them are remote courses too, so you can do them when it works for you which is sort of better for everyone with learning isn't it but thank you very much for listening today and if you would like to get in touch you've got any feedback it's just helen and sarah at squigglycareers.com and we always appreciate rating reviewing subscribing the podcast because it helps us to help more people with their squiggly career